Our worship continues with the reading and the proclaiming of Scripture. So brothers and sisters, let's open our ears and our hearts to hear what the Lord has to say through His Word this morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Psalm chapter 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise, He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens, the splendor and majesty are before him, strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all your families of the nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his court. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the field be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he has come. He has come to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Our second reading, some teachings and instructions from Paul to Titus and also to us. Titus chapter 2, beginning at verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live in self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus the Messiah, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. This is Luke chapter 1, verses 1 to 20. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. 
just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will, be, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many to the people of Israel, to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife, my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Good Christmas morning. I'm going to ask Amy if you would come down here and Jeremiah. Could you do that? Jeremiah, just stand over here. And uh, Joseph, if you would put the scriptures. No, I'm not from Israel. I speak like I'm from America, don't I? Okay, Joseph, if you would put the uh, scripture on Luke 2, please. Okay, it's up here. Okay, let's all read this together. All right. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Amen. I have two little, can you come up here, Amy? We have children. Christmas is about children. 
Oh, she wants you to stand. All right. Okay. And um, if you would put the first slide up. Now, today, I'll tell you, we were going, we are going to speak on sheep. What a Christmas message. Have you ever heard a Christmas message on sheep? This may be your first. But we were going to have a real lamb here this morning. All right. This is going to be so sweet. And you guys are going to be able to see this lamb. And, uh, but it, this is the next best thing. All right. And, uh, it's a huge problem here in Israel to get a lamb here uh, to cross the border from West Bank. You can get arrested, so I wasn't willing to get arrested. Or you can go to a resourceful man in Jerusalem and pay 2,500 shekels for a little lamb. I'm thinking, what is he made? Is he gold-plated? But, so, we're going to have to do this, have up there the lamb. So let me ask you children, uh, Jeremiah, what do you, is there anything you like about a lamb? What do you think? Talking here. What do you think about a lamb? They have wool. That's good. What else? Are they anything interesting about it? They can be different colors. Different colors, that's true. And Amy, what, let me ask Amy, what, what do you like about a lamb? Come over um, here, real lamb. They, um, I remind them about Jesus. Oh, they do? Okay. They follow. What do they remind you about Jesus? Like they're the disciples. Okay. Very good. And what do you think? Would you like to have a lamb? Uh... If I was a shepherd. Okay. <laughs> okay, you guys can be seated. Thank you. That's a good answer. <laughs> I want to share a few characteristics of the lamb, and then you'll understand why I tie this into the Christmas story. Uh, they're emotionally complex, and really, sheep are much like us. If you listen... And do you think God did this for a reason that he tied in lambs? For example, the lamb of God is mentioned 20 time, 29 times in the New Testament. The lamb, the lamb, the lamb. Did God just do that? I mean, all these hundreds and hundreds of animals, thousands, and he picks a lamb, doesn't he? They, uh, they like to touch. They're gentle little or no means of self-defense. They're timid, gullible. They need to be in a flock, not isolated. And that's true with us, isn't it? We need to be a part of community, Christian community, and not isolated. They need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. The word says we are all like sheep gone astray. It's true. Every one of us. There's none righteous, no, not one. It was the first animal to be domesticated. You know, uh, a lot of people think, oh, sheep are dumb. They're not dumb. They're very intelligent. Do you know, a, a sheep can recognize 50 faces of other sheep and remember them for two years. I couldn't do that. They have an impressive memory. The first 
shepherd was who? Anyone know? It starts with an A. Abel. Sheep are mentioned in the Bible 500 times. They're important, of course, for food and wool. And they're often represented in the Bible as people. Jesus as the shepherd. And if you know it, say it with us. Now, just think about the illustration with sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One of the most beloved Psalms, it's all about sheep and shepherds. We being the what? The sheep. The flock knows the shepherd's voice. Is that true? Yes, he can recognize the shepherd's voice. There's a long-held story, and it's kind of sad, but it we believe it to be true because it was done scores of times. It was important that the shepherd stay with the sheep. How many hours a day would you guess? 24. 24 and 24 and 24. They didn't usually ever get breaks. And it was important because back in the time of Jesus and before, do you realize there were lions here throughout this Israel and other dangerous predatory animals. And so to protect the sheep, they had to stay together. And occasionally they would have a lamb that would be stubborn and do his own thing and leave the flock and walk away. So what did the shepherd do? He would go back and get the lamb. And then the next day the lamb would take off. And let's say he did it for many days. And do you realize that lamb was endangering who? His own life. And so the shepherd would finally, last resort, break his leg and then put the lamb around his neck and carry that lamb for five weeks until that leg healed. Once the lamb was healed, he would set him down. And do you know that lamb, interesting, would never leave the side of the shepherd. Do you think that's a little like us, that we are disciplined by the Lord when we leave the flock, when we do our own thing, that God has a way of breaking our leg and getting us back in the fold? His love is without measure. Sheep and goats are mentioned, uh, of course, in Revelation. The sheep are the compliant, obedient followers of Christ. The goat is the rebellious, the defiant, those headed for judgment. I used to always think, oh, Lord, I want to be the sheep. 
And Lamb of God, when John saw Jesus, what did he say? Behold the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was the Passover Lamb. Amen? Now, I want to give you just a few uh, illustrations, parallel, where the Passover Lamb was remarkably like Jesus. Uh, he was without blemish. Jesus was sinless. He was sacrificed in the prime of his life. Uh, Jesus was also at age 33. He was male. Uh, the sacrificial lamb was done on the eve of Passover. Now think of it, 365 days. The one day that the Passover lamb was sacrificed is the same day Jesus was crucified. Do you think that was by accident? No way. They sprinkled the blood on the doorpost. We apply the blood of the lamb to our lives, don't we, as Christians? Now, I want to mention, if you turn it to the next one, my friend, the manger. There it is. Now, I uh, was raised on a horse farm, and I was had horses all my life with mangers or feeding troughs. And I'll tell you, they're not clean. They have slobber and hay and scraps or whatever it may have, but it is not a clean place. Now, think about it, how everything had to line up perfectly so the scripture would be fulfilled. Well, Mary wasn't in Bethlehem and they didn't have cars then. Nazareth is quite a distance that they would have a census to bring, bring Jesus all the way to Bethlehem just at the time of her delivery. Do you think it was by accident there was no room in the inn? They didn't even get a, a house, a shed. They got a stable. Do you think it's any accident that he was placed in a manger? It's not. In fact, I'll tell you the story. Bethlehem, out of hundreds of towns in Israel, Bethlehem was very tiny, perhaps 200 people at the time, that uh, this was the town, of course, the town of David, where David was a what? Shepherd. And out of all the towns, this was the town, Bethlehem, where they raised the spotless lambs, the royal lambs. And listen to what they did. It's fascinating. And this is how God orchestrated this. This is why they would place that spotless lamb of all places, a manger. And they would wrap it in swaddling clothes, which means just claws, snug. And everyone around knew that that was the sacrificial lamb for Passover. Isn't that beautiful? The same thing that they did with Jesus. God is in control. I want to read this last paragraph, and then we're going to sing a song. And uh, it really sums up. The greatest king in all the world would arrive in little obscure Bethlehem, the city where David was born and tended sheep. Bethlehem, the city of shepherds, 
the place where sacrificial lambs were born and raised, he was placed in a simple feeding trough and became the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to sing a beautiful Christmas song. Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, on SoundCloud, or by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. You can offer practical support by giving a donation at ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Thank you, and blessings from the City of the King.